0: Welcome to the 44th edition of Make Pro Wrestling Majestic again. I am Tiger Height, and this is a semi-translucent Peanut Gallery. This is amazing. I should wear this shirt every single time we do this show Yes, Peanut Gallery has a a green, this is my fault, it's a green Bigfoot shirt. It is, so that's the green, (laughs) and obviously because it's a green screen. (laughs) <laughs> he's, he's see-through. <laughs> so, so if you only do weird poses, let me know. Right. Like, so, like while I'm doing this. Let's, like, let's, let's talk about Elimination Chamber. Um, oh, Lord. Here I'm, we I'm, go. I'm going to say overall it exceeded my expectations, but I'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing. I mean, I can take my shirt off. No. Let's not <laughs> do that. Keep the shirt on, please. All right. Let's talk about our first <laughs> match. Goldberg versus Roman reigns for the universal champion McMahon got his jerk off Sesh out of the way. It was better than I expected. No, it was it was terrible. It was a terrible match. It was terrible, but Goldberg, it was better. Goldberg bled like the first two minutes of this fucking match. It was terrible. I legitimately don't even know where. On top of his head. No, no. I, I don't know where within the match that he got hit on the top of the head to have him bleed. Who fucking cares? He probably got at a Denny's or something. Thank Christ this is his last match on his contract. And he actually did announce that he was done after this on oh, social media. Oh, thank God. But yes, Roman Reigns obviously won guillotine choke. Clean victory. At least McMahon oh, whatever sort of at, thing. at least at least McMahon got his jerk off session out of the way Again, you- so okay, so here's the thing about this show is that we actually got every single prediction correct besides yep. besides the SmackDown tag, but they actually had to cut that match because of time. Oh really? They I didn't did. even I they, didn't even know that they had to cut that match. Oh. That's why they did what they did. Oh, I didn't know mm-hmm. that. So uh, we won't even bother covering that because there's no point. Well, there is no point. It's, right. It, although, yeah. Look at this. Look at how. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Reigns won, still champ. Hooray! So our next matchup to determine the number one contender for the Raw Women's Champion, we have Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, Dewdrop. Alexa Bliss, and at the very end there, we have Nikki A.S.H., where at Pina Gallery, you can see through him. But, um, this actually exceeded... Is, is Gracie Bay back, this yeah, of was, course? This was not a bad match. I thought, to the amount of time that they had, this was like a 12-minute chamber match. And we did not watch this live, because we have things to do. Um, I was kind of expecting the worst... But honestly, I think they made the most out of the time. I had a dream that I went on a date with Flexible Bliss last night. Really? I did, yeah. <laughs> it's the most random thing ever. Um, I, I just really like this. So we're going to go through when they... Number one, the character work throughout this whole match was awesome. Like, pinpoint, really good. So we're going to go through the eliminations... Through the Elimination chain. I remember introducing her to Mothership. I'm not sure how that whole interaction went, though. That probably that went part. really bad. <laughs> so, um, we have the Riptide on Nikki A.S.H. for the win. Or, for Nikki A.S.H. to leave. Sunset, Sunset. Flip Powerbomb on Dewdrop by Liv, who was the star of this match. Yep. Let's just put it that way. We have the Twisted Bliss on Morgan. We have a K.O.D. on Ripley and a K.O.D. on Alexa. Now, the original, the original... Ending which I thought would have been better was a double pinfall with Alexa Bliss and Bianca Belair, and they were going to do a triple threat match at WrestleMania. No, they weren't. That, that was that was what was originally no, on the wasn't. script. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. That's yes, it lie. was. It's a lying no. It's, it's not. That's it what it was always supposed to be. No, it wasn't. Belair no, they they well, at least they thought they, they might have done something okay. Like that. Let's put it this way. There are so many ideas flowing through WrestleMania right now that they were thinking about bringing this McMahon in for a match. Right? Really? That's how many ideas that are flowing through that fucking couple. Well, they're, they're trying to figure this out. I at least would have been interested if it was a triple threat match. I would have been kind of interested. Let's put it this way. They have six matches that are possibly announced over two nights. They got to fit like 15 matches. And, and I, I think, think there's only like, like 50,000 50, tickets sold between, between both, both nights. nights. Not, not, not each not night. Both, Both nights. Yeah. That's not good. Yep. Although I still like how i am translucent, so I'm going to keep this shirt on. <laughs> um, thank God. But I think overall this match was, like I said, it was a lot better than I expected given the amount of time. We were really worried, but I was actually like pleasantly surprised. Oh, well, it was it was fine. Oh, also. It was pace? Also, It was paced fine it, it was paced really well, well also um they, they don't have to wear, wear the gigantic, gigantic baggy shirts anymore yeah, they just have to wear the gigantic baggy like it's, it's not baggy it's the, it's the skin tight whatever right. it's, it's their skin suits um it's progress i'm just gonna i'm gonna be happy with progress cleavage showing according to the saudi arabian government yes um, we might have a discussion on that later. We we'll talk about that later. That's that's a that's a whole show yeah. within of itself, too. Me? But yes, uh, this was actually not a bad match. Oh God. We're having way too much fun with this show. Although also I do love how the um shirt that I have is kind of like a wine colored it like, is. It's. It's like, like it's like. It's like. It's like a purple. Yeah. So, um, if, if you're like only listening to this, you're really missing out. You should uh become a part of our YouTube channel. I think actually, um, anchor is gonna be doing video. They are doing video now. They're doing video now. So cool. So you might be able to see this. Neat. Anyway, um, we have Ronda Rousey. This and, match was terrible. Yeah, we have Ronda Rousey and Naomi, where Ronda Rousey's arm was tied behind her back. No, it wasn't taking tied arm, behind her back. It was tied in front of her. Oh. It was it was tied up. She could only use one actual arm. It was stupid. It was terrible. I hated. There's Flair. This. this was the weakest match of the women's division of the night. This is actually this the was the weakest, weakest match, match of, of the night. night by a mile. Oh God, yes. By a mile, this was the weakest match, and I just I hate saying it because it was obvious who was going to win. It was obvious what was going to happen, and this was so unnecessary. Well, look, Tiger. The whole show, we all knew who was going to win every single match. No matter who. I know, but here, here's the problem. I am, my dictation of a good match is not predicated on who wins. I can literally watch a show knowing the results three months out and still enjoy the show. Why? Because I can suspend my disbelief if it's a good match. The previous match, for example, I knew who was going to win that, but it was still a good match. I enjoyed the journey to get to that point. Look, we know who this one. This one was a not-that situation. This one was boring, clunky, made no sense, no point to it. At least the other one, there was a point. Well, here's the thing, too, is that we probably knew the finish of the match before Vince McMahon knew the finish of the match. So there we have it. I know what I'm going to eat for <laughs> breakfast before Vince McMahon knows what he can eat for breakfast. Anyway, it was an arm bar on Sonia Deville by Ronda Rousey. Charlotte did not help her... Who the fuck cares? This match sucked. You're missing nothing. Yep, you missed nothing with this. Oh God. Oh God, here we go. The famous the famous Mad Cat Moss paralysis scare. I'm I I am so number one, Drew McIntyre, Mad Cat Moss, false count anywhere. Um the match itself was actually not bad. Uh the one thing was is that spot where McIntyre was hitting the Everyone knows about the spot. Yes. He was, well, in case you're an idiot and you don't know. if You live under a fucking rock. Um, Matt, so it was Drew McIntyre hitting his front-facing Alabama slam, a move that he's done a million times, and McIntyre, one of the safest workers in the industry, right? Mad Cat Moss, I'm surprised he can walk. Yeah, so am I. Um, he tucked his chin in, so all that momentum pushed him forward, and he landed, I am not kidding you, on the crown of his skull. Oh, yeah. He did. And I'm like, he has to be paralyzed. Um, the referee, he checked him. McIntyre made sure he was okay, and Happy Corbin made sure he was okay. They were like, oh, that's really bad. But... Mad cat Moss went through and he actually did stuff that really impressed me. I'm telling you, hey hey, mistakes happen. You but- know what? I, I, I I'm going to say this and I'm gonna put my foot down on this. Mad Cat Moss is something special. He, I think he has the talent, he has the body. He just needs the gimmick okay. change, and he'll so, be so good. Look, look, he made me laugh because of, uh, because of Scott Freeze. Oh, yeah, no. he. Uh, I'll say one thing. There, there is some humor with him. I think he needs to do it more. I, I, I hate <laughs> that Cat joke, but... but the, the comparison between them and the oh my god the Scot Free It thing. was um it was um what does the main event of WrestleMania have and a convicted they have val- have in common with the convicted felon getting getting off they got off scot free and peanut gallery I don't know what happened but he like died with it. <laughs> it was so terrible but I loved it. I, I just I just think it's the <sighs> delivery. I mean people are like oh Cat Moss sucks. I, I don't think so. There's something with the guy. And also he has this integrity. He didn't have He went backstage and apologized Mm -hmm. to McIntyre, Corbin, and McMahon for no reason. And agents. Well, he did it because obviously that was a scary spot, but... He did apologize. So I don't I don't I don't, I don't think it was necessary, but also no, that it was. It was. It 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 shows, it it shows it shows it shows his integrity. It shows good character. Yes. And I think that's why he's gonna be around for a while, and I think that's why there's something with this. That guy. means that he's not gonna be future endeavored. No god no until the next not. time that they do roster cuts. Yeah, but but overall, honestly, I even said that the match was okay. It, it was, wasn't it was an okay. It match. was not a bad match. It wasn't all one-sided, it made sense. For the rivalry within. Oh, oh! Speaking of people who were future Endeavor, uh, Mustafa Ali got released today. Oh, thank God! Yeah, thank God! Yeah, I think they let him go from his contract earlier today. Oh, thank God! Oh my God! Thank you. Anyway, um, that's all well and good. Oh, it was the first, uh, first non-Montour pay-per-view as well. Yeah, Montour wasn't a yeah. part of the show, which was really weird. Mm-hmm. Okay. Raw Women's Champion match. Becky Lynch, Lita. Lita had ring rust. Oh, but, god, but, but... But she delivered. She delivered a pretty uh, decent match. Yeah, this was actually a very good match. Um, the one thing I want to say... Well, I'll, I'll talk about when we make Pro Wrestling Majestic again, but Becky Lynch's mannerisms are getting a little out of control. Oh my god, she sucks at... <laughs> yeah, she's, she's a little... You can tell Pina Gallery is, we've been drinking since like 4 o'clock and it's almost 9. So Pina Gallery's feeling it tonight. (laughs) So um, it it was actually not a bad match. I was, I knew this was going to be good, but we'll talk about when we make this majestic again because I know how to correct this. But overall, it was a manhandle slam, clean victory. Becky got off with the win. Hooray. I mean, I don't know what else to say about this, other than Lita definitely has a little more left in the tank. No, she's retiring after this match. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. That's... Lita, thank you, Lita thing. Yeah, uh, she's done. Wh- well, until she does AEW. But, I mean, that'd be awesome. Oh, please. I-, I want her to go to AEW. Reunite with Matt Hardy? I don't know how I would feel about that. I I, th- I don't know how Revy would feel about that. <laughs> That'd be interesting. That 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 that'd make for some hella weird TV. Let's put it that way. I want to see this. I happen. do too. Oh, one hundred percent. So, start. uh, let us go to our next match. Well, our match. This wasn't a match. It was. Uh, it was. Tag- it was a thing. They ran out of time. They That's ran. They happened. ran out of time for some. I don't know. I don't know how you managed to do that. But um, the Usos attacked the Viking Raiders, beat them up to hell. The match didn't happen. Anyway. Let's go to our main event. For the WWE Champion, Bobby Lashley defending against Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, Riddle, AJ Styles, and Austin Theory. Um, Bobby Lashley was taken out of the match due to a concussion. No, he was injured before Royal Rumble. Yes, he was injured before. That's why he wasn't wrestling on Raw. And a lot of people were wondering that. And I'm like, there's something else going on. Um, He has a shoulder injury. He's going to be out for minimum four months to what we are aware of, and it might. It, it, they did not confirm it did. It might require surgery. Mm-hmm. So we're not sure. But Bobby Lashley was taken out of the match fairly early Due to concussion protocol, it wasn't a concussion. It was. I know it was, it was. It was. a way. It was a way to get the title off Anyways, of him and keep him strong. I'm not mad about it. I thought it was. Fine. Let's talk about all these fucks um, who are in this. All these cucks who are in this match. Sorry. I think I'll say. F, I think overall. Um, awesome theory is a terrible human given well he was he was destroyed uh given the circumstances they actually did pull off an enjoyable chamber match well yeah once brock lesnar like swooped himself in yeah so he killed everyone in sight so also that was the other thing um it was there was a spot i think it was seth rollins power bombed no, no, that was that was uh, the Lashley concussion. When so, at one point in time, somebody threw somebody else into the pod, and the pod glass popped open in Lesnar's chamber. No. Brock Lesnar kicked out of his own chamber. Oh, did he kick out of the chamber? Yeah, which oh. was actually an unplanned spot, by the way. Oh, okay. So Lesnar kicked himself out of the you're, chamber. You're confusing. You're confusing that with the uh, Bobby Lashley. Yes, the Bobby Lashley. Someone threw somebody into Bobby Lashley's chamber to write Bobby Lashley off. Right so yes uh lesnar kicked the chamber out but lesnar can do whatever he wants he's brock lesnar yeah they they weren't gonna stop him so essentially lesnar eliminated everybody with the f5 at some point in time yeah, except obviously for bobby lashley except for bobby lashley right um i think that was a good idea um like i said overall it was not a bad chamber match <laughs> it was terrible Anyways. i've i've seen oh i've seen worse are you oh, kidding I've me i've seen worse um, talk about the Intercontinental Chamber the, the Intercontinental Championship Chamber match and tell me if this one was worse. In fact, I thought this one was better by at least a mile. At least but I that's ended, pretty low standard. I know. I at least enjoyed this chamber. Anyways, we title for title match WrestleMania. We all saw it yep. fucking coming. Lesnar Lesnar won. He destroyed Austin Theory, like destroyed Austin Which Theory. Which I'm fine with, because Austin Three deserves to die. No you're so negative to Theory. Like, I just... I don't He know is why. terrible as a human being. He is put in a... He is put in a lose-lose situation. I feel bad for the guy. This man deserves to no longer he, be running why, the company. Why is he booking this shit? Austin Theory is good, and he, had, he has all the potential to be a big star. He's just not ready now. They're like, oh, Austin Theory's next Brock Lesnar. There will never be another Brock Lesnar. Austin awesome Theory, the next... If you think well, no, Austin... I'm I'm I'm, t- I'm talking about the age of the guy into the position that he's in. It's like okay, there's That's there's not going to happen. There, Austin, there's awesome through is crying a little shit. Brock there's there, there's 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 potential with the guy based on his athleticism, uh, but Lesnar but but Lesnar was a, such a different athlete. All right, so Austin Theory is gonna be released in the next year by Tony Khan, not w- Tony Khan, Nick Khan, Nick Khan. The the, other Khan. Khan, the 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 bad Khan, not the, the bad Khan. Khan. Yeah, not the good, not the not the okay Khan. He's not really that good either. But anyways, oh God, we're gonna <sighs> we're gonna have a bunch of AEW comments like destroying us. That's fine. Get all the incels to comment <laughs> on our shit. <laughs> <laughs> I know, AEW fans, come at me. You guys are the most toxic little shits in this entire fucking industry. Don't oh, even... my God. Oof. We're just, we're just filibustering at this we point. We are. Anyways, let's move on to the next part. All right, so, after the, so next up, we're not only going to make WWE and Elimination Chamber Majestic again, but we're going to make Pro Wrestling Majestic again. Alright, so let's make this shit majestic again. We're starting with a match that was on the pre show, but it you know, we didn't watch the pre show. So, so, we're so not the only thing it. that's gonna save this is Logan Paul, which is what's gonna happen at WrestleMania. Yeah, Logan Paul is gonna be teaming up with the Miz to face the Mysterios. I wouldn't hate that. It's Logan Paul though. I know. Um, Logan Paul is breaking into all the all the combat sports and doing their doing their shit. Easy, easy, I don't easy. know. It might be good if 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 Logan Paul's more like Bad Bunny. It might actually be decent. I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be optimistic about it. I don't know. I'm going to be optimistic. I know people hate Logan Paul because of what he did to boxing, but it's like, okay, who's drawing other than fucking Logan Paul in boxing right now? No one is. Yeah. kind of like WWE. No one is drawing in wrestling, and and not in wrestling, in WWE. No one is drawing in WWE other than people who are part-timers or celebrities. Right. There's no draw. There's no draws. And unfortunately, I mean, Rey Mysterio would be a draw if they didn't book him so poorly. And then the same thing with uh, he's, he's, Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn is facing off against Giant Knoxville, which is actually pretty much confirmed for WrestleMania this year as well. I'm not going to hate that because at least they built, built a lot rivalry of around up, it. It's not because of Sami Zayn, it's because of Giant Knoxville. Right. Giant Knoxville going to sell his tickets. Same thing with Stone Cold Steve Austin and um, and Kevin Owens. Is um, now, No one's... No one's Going because it's Kevin Owens. No, do do, do you do you know Superfold. um do you know if the Zayn Knoxville match is for the IC Belt? It's not. Okay. It's just gonna be a match. Oh, okay. So anyway, let's go to the next one, which we actually talked about. Um, there was there was no reason for this match. There was to legitimately exist. there was legitimately no reason for this. I would have rather had the SmackDown Tag Team Title Match than this match. Or you mean the tag team? The, the yeah, this, the this, the SmackDown Tag Team Title Match. Oh, oh, oh you mean okay, yeah. So like, not the women's match, but just in, instead of instead of this nonsense, which didn't even have to happen. They should have had the SmackDown Tag Team title match. Oh, you, or, know, you know the only reason they did this one was because, because Ronda Rousey. Rousey. I, I'm aware of why they did it. Don't, yeah. don't, don't confuse what I know of in making this majestic again. We're making this majestic again. That's our fucking job. We pay for the fucking place that we live in based on this. Yeah, so I'm telling you, that's terrible. Yes, it was terrible because it didn't have to happen. Also, the SmackDown Tag Team match would have been terrible too. No, at least at, least, at least there was a rivalry. This, I uh, mean, they, they, they hog this shit to get Rousey in there somewhere. That was true. it. The, they did not need to do this. The match sold itself. And the thing with Sony Deville and Naomi, it's done. Naomi beat her already. What's the point? They're going to be facing each other at WrestleMania, I think. It's stupid. I know, it's stupid, isn't it? Maybe if Sony Deville was... You know what? Maybe the stalker had the right idea. Anyway, so... I do not condone that, by the way. That is literally just satire. So, um, let's, it was great to see Alexa Bliss, my bay, in there. She did very good too. Mm-hmm. Other, unfortunately, she still has a stupid little on the swings weird gimmick. I mean, if you if you continue to jerk off to that, Chris Hansen's gonna bust through our door here in a hot fucking minute. <laughs> now hold on, she is of age. I, I kinda like I, I I I I kind I kinda, kinda like maybe she likes to role play as a toddler. Uh, we're gonna have we're gonna have Chris Hansen be a guest on this show at some point in time for <laughs> maybe she likes it for role playing. I don't know. I'll have to ask the wrong Ryan about this. Cause it should have mm. been me. <laughs> you just like how he strategically had a drink at that point. So I'll be honest with you. As an overall premise of the match, given the circumstances, I wouldn't have booked this differently. We all know who was going to win this match. I know, I know. But the thing is, is that everybody within the scope of this match had a credible reason. The match itself was structured, paced, and fought really well. And I think it actually did a benefit overall... To the women's division post-WrestleMania. Bianca Belair twirls shit around way too much. You think so? Oh, God, yes. Yeah, I could see that. She She's not going to rely on her, wear, her, her, wear, her hair way too much. Uh, the problem is she didn't use it. She needs to start using the hair. Now, I understand that she has to hold onto it to do certain maneuvers... It was, it was just terrible, She, she needs to start she, using... She was, she was showboating to the, to the Saudi Royals really hard, man. You think so? Mm-hmm. Do you think Ray Ripley probably would have been a better winner? No, Ray Ripley sucks. <laughs> <laughs> You're so negative. Ray Ripley has the charisma and the, what are you talking the, the about? gimmick you, of a ham sandwich. Did you, did you watch the same match that I did? Ray Ripley is one of the best acts that they have right now, period. No, she doesn't sell like uh, Bianca Belair does because Bianca Belair is. I not know, a but wrestler. in comparison to anybody else on this fucking thing, who else? I mean, else? Nikki Ash sells as well as a bologna sandwich. I'm pretty, pretty. I'm pretty sure. Bad. I'm pretty sure I can poop out something that sells better.
1: I but, mean, at least, yeah, at least, at true. least,
0: at least, Liv Morgan is showing more and more of how good she is. Yeah, but uh, Vince McMahon. Well, I don't know. She's blonde. She has big boobs. So I. I would she doesn't imagine. have big boobs. I mean, she's hot, but she, I wouldn't I, say I, that she has I, big boobs. I don't boobs. know. She's got, eh, maybe C's. <laughs> Anyways, we're we're this, we're in the we're in the, we're in the Mind of McMahon. This uh, we are not this is, misogynistic. This is, this is Vince McMahon. He is misogynistic. This, you know, you five year old. I I, th- I think if you've watched WWE for more than three seconds, you know why we talked about that. Yes. Let's talk about this. Um, other than that really scary spot and that actually cat Moss should be nowhere near a ring. what are you fucking? You're insane! What are you talking about? He needs to get rid of this stupid gimmick, but other than that, I think he actually is fine. I want to see him have a laugh factory without I, without the McMahon script cuz I think he can I think he, he could do something can good. Some really good jokes. I think I think he has I I think there's a personality there. That man has a future in comedy. I think he does. I think if he was anywhere else, he would be in a, such a better position. Oh, God, period. Yes. Honestly, he needed more seasoning in NXT or something. To get him really that into that position. Also, why... Well, I mean, Drew McIntyre is... <sighs> Drew McIntyre can pull off a good match with fucking anybody. He, the problem with Drew is that he's in a really awkward position because he's not as good as Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. And Vince McMahon has no capability of building a the problem. Here's the problem with Drew, and I'm going to say this to the day I die. Drew McIntyre <sighs> won the WWE Champion at the worst possible time. It was a no-win situation when it came to the COVID pandemic. I can almost guarantee you that if it was a regular year in 2020 and Drew McIntyre had the reign that he did, we would see a much different Drew McIntyre. Right. Right. But, I, um, I I think I think he was just a victim of circumstance. But again, Vinny Mac likes to rely on the His, people that uh... Once again, it's it, it was it was not for the sake of trying. Mm-hmm. And I think Drew McIntyre is a draw. He just won it mm-hmm. at the worst year possible. Because keep in mind, he won the Royal Rumble and had all of this momentum mm-hmm. in January That's true. of twenty twenty. We didn't know what was going to happen in March. Well, maybe they should have thought ahead. You couldn't. <laughs> Just give you. Do, do, do you think every fucking company should have a global pandemic thing? Well, I mean, I do. Anyways, never mind. Let's move on. We next do? match. <laughs> we do. Anyway, um, um, this this was a jerk off sesh. I'm not offended by it. We knew who was going to win. It was all right. Amazing. Let's move on. Do you have anything else to say, really? Nope. Same with this one, Jerkoff Sash. Well, same with this one, but once again, replace the Ronda-Charlotte match with this match, and I'm going to be a little more compelled because at least this one had seasoning. They had matches on SmackDown. There was stuff here. But, you know, of course, the Viking Raiders have about as much uh, charisma as It's not milk. their fault. I know. <laughs> this is WWE's fault. War Machine was the hottest act in tag team wrestling, period, in 2018. That's true. That's what I'm saying is that they, they have the charisma these days of Spoiled Milk. They suck. Anyways, let's move on to the next it, it, They suck not to their fault. This one honestly exceeded my expectations. Oh, yes. Let's, let's talk about Becky Lynch. That needs to stop now. Okay, here's the thing. I'm just going to let Pina Gallery in. I thought you were going to hit me. Ow. So, um, here's the thing. So, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to mute him for now. So... <laughs> There. Are you feeling better? Bing, bing, (laughs) bing, bing, bing. So, (laughs) Becky Lynch is a good seller. But if she only did this, like, what am I going to do? That's it. Instead of... It's not necessary. It's so not necessary. Now, she was like, like... Like, one or two actions... That's fine, but not this. It doesn't. She's terrible at selling. It's let's put it it's that really way. it's really bad. She never has been good at selling, and she's oh god, she's terrible. She used to be so much better. She's going. No, she's never been. She's good at she's selling. going. She's going too far. She's overcompensating. She, well, yeah, because apparently she cannot wrestle. I mean, come on, some, some wrong she can't sell very well she's she's i wonder i wonder i wonder i wonder if she's doing this on purpose because she just doesn't care maybe because she's almost immune maybe w should release her yeah let's let's send a message do better yeah anyway you know what they're not going to you know why because she sells them merchandise she does she's a draw that's the thing she becky lynch even now She's a draw, right? She just wasn't a draw to Saudi Arabia, so they had to bring Lita out of the ground. Right now, okay. To to Lita's credit, she did okay. Yeah, she did. She now, did fine. now, if Lita had now, I even told this to Pina Gallery. All hey, she that's needed, me. all she needed, was like one or two matches, like right before the show, and we would have been talking about a much different match. Mm-hmm. Because as the match went on. She was getting better and better and better. But she just needed an extra little, like, mm. warm-up match. Even just, like, a five-minute, easily right. digestible match. Like a tag match, even, where she got involved. She just needed to break off some of that ring rust before right. this match. We would have been talking about a much different match. Anyways, move on to the next match. But that's, that's really all it needed to happen. Yep. Chamber. I wouldn't have done anything differently, to be honest with you. Um, With Lashley and the shoulder injury, I think that was the safest way to do it, where they kept him strong. Of course Brock Lesnar had to win. I mean, if you chose anyone but Brock Lesnar to win, then why did you even attempt? Now, if WWE wanted to be something crazy... They should have had Riddle win. That would've been awesome actually. Riddle versus Randy Orton for the that, WWE. That, 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 that would have been that would have been the talk of the wrestling world. It would have been, but they're not going to cuz WWE wants to play safe. They don't want to take that risk. They don't and want it's to. like why not? And you know what would have happened? It would have been Randy Orton Riddle at WrestleMania. That's what people want to see. Oh, I know and that's what WWE was planning. Have on have doing have, too. have to have the Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar match for the Universal Champion. Like one night, yep. Riddle Randy Orton the other night, and then have the title unification the second night, right or whatever. But you know, I mean, but again, the WWE won. They they wa- that they- would have been my option if in an ideal world I would have had a surprise Riddle WWE Championship. Yep. Even even if they wanted to put it on AJ, fine, cool. Well AJ doesn't have a like, credible rival in front of him That's that true And at least with Seth Rollins They could do a churn with Kevin Owens And have Seth Rollins Kevin Owens for the title of Wrestlemania I'm not going to do that though I, I know. Think, I think Riddle would have been the surprise I think Riddle would have been the surprise oh, Because God, yes. because Riddle obviously has the talent He has the charisma mm-hmm. No matter what you say about him In his previous uh, uh, personal circumstances he, He's still popular with people Right Anyways, that's all I have. Majestic. And yeah, that was it for uh, Elimination Chamber. So, when we come back, we're talking to Peanut Gallery. And Peanut Gallery, speaking of chamber, what are we talking about? Well, we're going to talk about the uh, system of class in Saudi Arabia and the crowds therein. Yes. All right. Peanut Gallery, for heckling, what are we talking about? My arm's missing. I'm just kidding. My arm. Right <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. So um, what we're going to talk about is I've noticed that a lot of people have been talking about the crowds for Saudi Arabian shows this uh, over the past ever since they started this really, um, where there's been a lot of criticism of the the crowd, especially the crowds more towards the front. Within Saudi Arabian shows, and and comparing it to perhaps American audiences now. The reason I wanna bring this up is obviously because we have had a major show in Saudi Arabia very recently. And I think that what most people don't realize about these shows that take place in countries such as this is that a lot of the people who are in these areas that are closest to the ring, they are people who are of a different class of individual compared to the people who are at the side, and um, it's it's very it was it was a little more obvious I think at the very beginning of yep. of the Saudi shows, but it still is pretty prevalent there today, and and I want to get your input into it as well, and in that my belief can for, you can you can you explain. Yeah. Um, the different classes before yeah. you get into my opinion. So on yeah, it. so Saudi Arabia, like most monarchical, uh, I don't want to call it totalitarian, but it pretty much is. Totalitarian. It's totalitarian. It's, don't even don't even kid yourself. It's totalitarian. There are two very distinct classes of people. There are the haves, and then there are the others. They're not necessarily have-nots, but what they are, what, are is the, what is the, the official other. what is the official definition? Of the certain classes. Oh, yeah. So um, we're talking people like uh, the royal family. And... Um, People who are invited specially by the royal family. People who have uh, connections to... The royal family. The royal family. Or, royal family. or, 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 or business tycoons, or yep. oil tycoons especially. Or influencers who are in Saudi Arabia, and, and their, their goal is to spread a particular message. People people with specific kinds of influence and money. Yep. It's very, it's totalitarian. That's yeah. what it is. And then everyone else who, what, what What did you call them? There was a word that you called them. Well, I called the other people the Plebeians. I mean, that's what they are. They're they're the general working the, the, class right. people. The the the, 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 work, the working class is not sitting here. Let's put no, it no, that they're, way. No, no, they're sitting on the they're sitting on the outside. They're they're sitting there. they're yeah, sitting, they're sitting in, on the. They're, they're sitting inside a gallery. They are. They're <laughs> sitting inside the my heart. But um, and the and the reason I want to bring it up is because it's a lot different than American audiences. Uh, these these audiences who are sitting close to the ring, they very likely didn't have to pay for tickets at all yep <laughs> and that's the other um, thing these are these are mm-hmm. I think this really shows the um economic strata mm-hmm. and the um cla- it's classism yeah pretty much it is this is this is textbook classism yeah. um on this kind of scale and, and and the only people that got excited about being on TV were the kids but kids are always excited to be on TV yeah now I'm not sure if people have realized this but Within the premise of rich people watching sports, they watch it differently. They do. Because there's a different mindset. Um, watch, now, a, pe- watch, a, watch a boxing match. Right. People, people people who watch sports, who have money. Who are, who, are, who are here, they're not up and cheering. They're talking to each other. Yeah. They're there because this is a social event for them. Right. right. They didn't pay any money to sit here. There's right. This, there's this... Uh, Friday right now the friends or whatever. Right. Uh Pina Gallery and I, let's just say we're not the richest people in the world, but, but I th- I think I think within the commonwealth of a household, we pretty much make six figures a year. Well, like yeah, b- between <laughs> between both of us. Yeah. We are I think essentially more so of that strata, so we watch wrestling differently. Well, yeah. But, but, you know, I think, I think the point— I, I, think, I think it's easier because we do this as a job, so we, yeah. have, to, we have to watch it as a different perspective anyway. And I think that's another important fact to bring up, too, is that you have a, two distinct sets of people who are watching these shows, especially in these countries, where there is that strata between those who have money, those who have connections, and those who don't have those connections, those, those who don't have as much money. The people that are sitting up in the stands, they don't have as much disposable income. Right. Right. They don't have the connections to the Saudi royal family. Now they probably got it through like... the people that are sitting on the floor do. they, They probably got it. They probably got these tickets. They may not have even purchased them, but I think WWE and the Saudi government want these things packed to showcase because that's what these are. They're a showcase show. Well, actually no, the Middle East is a very popular place for for um, for WWB. So I think people were coming in from elsewhere in, in the peninsula, for example, or or what have I I'll, I'll, I'll be ta- yeah. I'll be also also talking about that as but, well for um, a different reason. But I think that the the point that I'm trying to make is that the people that are sitting in the front rows at Saudi shows are not the same kinds of people that you'll see sitting in the front row of American audiences. I can almost guarantee you they're not. And I think the next picture will illustrate that even more. And that these individuals, they watch. They don't watch the sport. They don't watch the sport for the sake of the sports. They're doing it because it is a, it is a power play for them. Mm-hmm. They do it because these guys are on worldwide television. It's a power play. That's all it is. It's diplomacy. Yep. yep, that's what it is. It's soft power being projected <laughs> when an American company goes over to a foreign country, and they perform the they, they perform those tasks. Obviously, my bigfoot here is is just <laughs> 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 but anyways. I kind of noticed that too. Um, but the, here's the, the point. The point being is that those people are not really interested in the sport. Right. They're not there because... They're there the for a power grab. They're, yeah. they're, these are the people who are watching it on TV. It's like, oh, that's whatever. Okay. Right. And so when I was watching the pay-per-view... Now, this, Pena, Pena, when I was Pena. watching the pay-per-view last night, I noticed a couple of things. Number one, the first thing I noticed was the fact that the ramp area was very sparse outside of like that yep. initial crowd. And I have a feeling... That those people were were invited to stand there. Yes, they were invited to participate in that. Yes. Um, the royal family or or members of the royal house, they were not in view like they were on this. They're paper they're, view. they're on they're on they, the they're opposite on the hard side. Camera angle. No, they they've always been on the hard camera angle. I know why, and there's a reason. So the royal family, everybody else has a certain chair. Mm-hmm. So they have like your standard, you know, padded folding chair, right. right? On the other side, there are three rows that have like this crazy tannish right. swivel chairs. Yeah. Those that—that's the royal family yeah. because the royal family is gonna see they, they, what we're seeing on camera. Yeah, that's, that's what, what they wanted to see. That's, that's what they want now, to see. For the first pay per view wasn't that way, but they quickly changed their setup. I think you're wrong on that. Really? I—I I I, I believe I believe that they've always had it that way because the royal family wants to see it from that perspective. But I don't think they understood that at first. Maybe not necessarily all of them, but I think they kind of changed our... their The greatest Royal Rumble was definitely a different no. setup. oh, mm-hmm. most certainly. Oh it yeah, was, it, mean, was, it, was, is, it was. It was. It was. It was. This is the greatest Royal Rumble setup right here. Yes, That's it when was. Had all the chairs around the first row. Right, and also the um the royal guard and the royal mm-hmm. police are much more prevalent in the first couple of shows than they were in this one. They were very well hidden. Mm-hmm on this last show. But you could tell that they were there. They were not cheering or anything. They were not reacting or this, anything. That's, that's the royal police, though. Yeah. I mean, I don't think people realize uh, not only how influential that royal police is, but how dangerous they are. Yeah. And I could i could see yeah. them from a mile fucking oh, yeah. away. Um, but, you know, I want to highlight it because I think, I think that a lot of American audiences, again, they don't understand that a lot of these people in these totalitarian countries they're not there to enjoy the show. They're not there because they paid it's for clout. the tickets. It's clout for them. It's clout for their social media. They're trying to get their name out there. They're trying to portray a particular message and now we'll keep that it, reinforces the, the and message we'll it, that the royal family or the Saudi government wants to portray. Remember, at the end of the day, WWE is a part of this big campaign mm-hmm. on making Saudi Arabia a tourist attraction. Yes, they are. And that is what WWE is doing. This is part of this it's, campaign. It's, it's, it's like the circus comes to town sort of thing. Exactly, 100%. So um, did you have anything else to say? I didn't say? have anything else to say. Okay, great. So when we come back, I'm going to ta- be talking about a more ghoul, at least more of a... A regional expansion on wrestlers that either came from or were born from the Middle Eastern immigrants or born in Saudi Arabia. Pina Gallery is having too much fun. I'm having way too much fun. All right, we'll be right back with that. Are back and let's talk about wrestlers who came from the Middle East. I was going to um, have it specifically towards Saudi Arabia, but that would have been a really short video. <laughs> Mustafa, uh, not Mustafa Ali. um Mansour, oh, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Just no, there, are actually two. Oh, okay. so uh, let, let's talk about the Middle East now. Each individual thing of what the. Middle East is, is going to be different. This is, I would say, quote-unquote, the official... Is this from like CIA or something like that or fact book about... Yes. Okay, perfect. Yes. So obviously the the countries that are highlighted like this are the... And, And then the cream color. Yes, they're the cream color. That is the Middle East, period. So like Georgia... Um, Amar, turkmenistan they're not a part of the Middle East, but Egypt, Jordan, Syria, Iraq, Iran, Turkey, Saudi Arabia, where Pina Gallery is, uh, that's Yemen, Yemen, Yemen. um, Afghanistan, which is kind of a, it's kind of a weird one. (laughs) Pina Gallery is just showing off. I'm I'm really trying to like figure out. They're showing off the Red Sea here. there's, there's, there's there's Yemen. Pina, Pina Gallery's arms are the same color as these uh, countries, so Pina, Pina Gallery is um, the Middle East. <laughs> I am. I have a <laughs> I I, just, I just noticed that. I didn't even put two – like literally the same color. That's funny. So um, so this is the Middle East. So we're talking about wrestlers who were either born within this area or they had – or they were descendants of this. Well, so talk about some of that. Even direct parents. So one of them, which is obvious, is the Iron Sheik. He was born in, I think it was. Um, so he was born. Is he Jordanian? No. So he was born in Dagham, the Semanian province of the Imperial State of Iran. Oh, nice. So he was born in. He's Iranian. He's Iranian. So not only that, so number one, big supporter of the show. Like, he mm. loves this show. He tweets, tweets about us all the time. He does. He, he does. does. Um, he has a little jabronis. He is. We are. Um, so the Iron Sheik was a very accomplished amateur wrestler. And I don't think a lot of people realize how actually strong the Iron Sheik is. So those little, um, those Iranian dumbbells that he swings over his head, each one of those is like 60 pounds. They're, They're not small. small. And him doing, doing this, there was a, a lot, lot of core strength <laughs> there. <No>. Please stop. <laughs> Sorry. You're having way too much fun. So he was, um, so he did compete for a spot in the amateur wrestling um, for Iran in the 1968 Summer Olympics in Mexico City. But he moved to the United States in 1970, in the 1970s. And he was the assistant coach. So so it was before the, um, was before the Islamic Revolution. That yes, he left, left right at the Islamic, Islamic Revolution, Revolution yeah. actually. Because the Islamic Revolution was 79. Yes, was he left, left right before that. Because he was the assistant head coach to two different United States Olympic squads <laughs> for 1970 and 1972. And he was actually the main assistant coach... For, I believe, the 1974 Summer Olympic um, wrestlers for the United States. Nice. So, very accomplished amateur wrestler, even though he was not on the main stage, he trained them. I mean, I think that's even more prestigious than being a person on screen, mm-hmm. quote unquote. But obviously, the Iron Sheikh, we don't need to go too much to his accolades. One of the pillars of the early 90s rockin' wrestling connection yeah, sort of era. Late 80s. Um, dropped the belt to Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. really starting that, being that quintessential heel. Like, when you think of heel, you think of the Iron Shield, Oh, yeah. Uh, former WWF champion beating Bob Backlund, who was, you know, unbeatable for many of years, mm-hmm. and he beat him, and then winning the tag team champions, and then obviously... 2005 WWE Hall of Fame, among with a ton of others. So let's talk about one that I think was signed for WWE for a while, which was "Shut up Basan or uh, Basinzia. I butcher that immensely, but we're you just going to roll with I have it. No idea what you're talking about. Um, she was not on camera other than the um, May Young classic, I think, for 2011? No. 2016. She was on there. Uh, she was the first female wrestler from the Middle East. She was from Jordan mm-hmm. to sign with the WWE. Nice. And that's pretty much the only accolade that she had, at least up until this because point. Because she didn't sign, because she didn't, like, did, full time. She, no, she did sign a full time contract with them. She, they did not use her. Oh. But she was actually a lot taller than a lot of the other wrestlers, mm. which was kind of a detriment because she had the great collie treatment. Not her fault, though. Right, which is kind of what we've... Right. We, we talked about that earlier. So let's talk about, obviously, Mansour, who's still signed with the company. Oh, hey. Um, he was born in... I know that guy. Right. He was uh, born and raised in Rihad, Saudi Arabia. Rihad, Saudi Arabia. And I don't believe he was actually affiliated with the royal family or any of the descendants. I think he was actually one of the commoners. Yeah, he was a commoner. Yep. He was, he was, a, he was a plebeian. He, he, was, he was a plebeian who worked his way... To getting to the point, and I think he's a fine wrestler. He's fairly tall, but very he's, lanky. He's, he's aight. He's aight. They're not going to use him. Now, Anyways. one now one that I did not expect when I was doing my research was Noam Dar. So, Noam Dar. Yeah, isn't he from like, isn't he from like Oman or something like no. that? No. So, um, he was, he spent the majority of his life in Air Scotland, but he was born and he lived the first five years of his life in Israel. Oh. So he was born in Yaakovah, Israel. I butcher that. I know so, that. So, so like tech like geographically the Middle East but not culturally the Middle yes. East. Yes. Geographically. We're only doing geographically uh, Middle East. Oh, you're going to be very literal. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be That's why I showed the map. Mitch. Israel's a part of that. I know. So, yes, he was born in the in the most technical version of the Middle East. And he lived his first five years of life in the Middle East. Yeah, And then he was, um, I think his parents were, they weren't military, but their work transferred them to a couple of different places. And when he was born, they were in Israel. And right now he is obviously still signed with the WWE. He is the current UK Heritage Champion. And that made him actually the first Israeli-born champion in the company's history. Huh. So really cool. Now Cute. this is this is Israel, not Iran. Those are two totally different countries. Huh. Yeah. Now these are the people that were born and raised in some f- way shape or form within pro wrestling. I couldn't really find a whole lot of wrestlers. Actually, I couldn't find any wrestlers that were outside of WWE that were born and raised in the Middle East. Oh, really? Yeah, it was really hard. I actually looked at all major wrestling plays I'm pretty sure I missed some but I did this literally today at like yeah. two so uh, let's talk about wrestlers who have, have who have ancestry within them either parents grandparents etc let's talk about Sami Zayn Syrian <clears throat> yep both parents were Syrian immigrants that were went to Toronto and that's where Sami Zayn was born mm-hmm. obviously he could not be he would not be allowed within no he he's not he's not allowed he's just opposed to Saudi Arabia because of how they treat Syrians yes. Because of the war and all that crap, right. blah, blah, blah. But uh, we're not a geopolitics channel. Well, when we talk about this, we kind of have to be. A little bit, but we don't have to talk about the geopolitics. Either. Right, not the geopolitics, but there's an importance yeah. of why he doesn't go to Saudi Arabia, and that's an importance. And when you want to explain that, you have to be at least geopolitical within the sphere of Sami Zayn right. to and, an extent. And, and because of that, people like Kevin Owens don't go because he supports Sami Zayn more than Right. And Sami Zayn is very in touch with his Syrian heritage. Mm. So there's that. So let's talk about Aaliyah who's fucking bae for me right now. Uh she is half she has a Syrian and an Iraqi parent, but was also born in Canada. Mm. So more immigrants coming directly from those areas into this and now keep in mind as well, once again, um Canada has a fairly large Middle Eastern population yeah. from multiple different personalities, and I believe that all of them kind of stay within that realm. Yeah, they do. Because I, I hate saying I mean, this, I mean Detroit's kind of an extension of that too. Right. Um especially Battle Creek. Yeah. So um, I think that's kind of why that you have those two totally different countries sort of coming together and making this hot slice of bay, but you know that is what it is. <laughs> I'm sorry I, I'm, my, my penis will fuck the rainbow. Right, and one well, and, and, and the last one, which I think will be very, very interesting, is Mojo Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Mojo Raleigh. His father was um, Palestinian, Mm -hmm. and his mother is half um, Iran, or Tehran. I'm sorry, Tehran. So, Iranian. She's from Tehran. Tehran. Okay, so she's, so she's Iranian or she, Persian. Yes. And the dad is from Pakistan. Yes. Okay. So, yes, so there is that kind of thing there, which obviously we don't need to go into the thing with whole mojo. Um, anybody who's been watching wrestling for a while knows his heritage. But I thought that one was kind of interesting. I didn't even know that he had any form of Middle Eastern heritage. I mean, in that case, you can say the cons are also from... Yeah, the cons as well. Um I didn't want to be too obvious Tony, with that. Tony, well, Tony is the son of, of Shahid who is, is a who, is a, who is a who is a Pakistani immigrant. Yes, yes, he is. And that is another one I didn't put him on the list because I thought I had enough. Actually, I did. So, um those are just kind of some interesting cool. little tidbits of some either Middle Eastern direct wrestlers or some of them that are descendants. If I miss anybody, let me know totally because I kind of like looking at some of the heritage of wrestlers and how diverse it is. Actually, one of the things that I really want to talk about is um, sort of race relations within WWE, but we'll talk about that when we come to it. That's going to be a heavy topic. It's going to be a little heavy. I kind of like how Peanut Gallery has like the multicolors. He became Waldo. Oh, I know. <laughs> Where's Peanut Gallery? So when we come back, we're going to be talking about... Ray De Reyes. Mick. All right, let's talk about Ray De Reyes. Now, wait, hold on. Before we even get into it, number one, the weather really hurt the show. It did. And I believe—I'm not going to blame any of them. It was the weather. It It was raining and windy the entire time. Let's put it this way. Veracruz, their driest month is March. Their second driest month is February. And I think all the weather fell on that night. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I, I legitimately think they had the worst possible luck for this show. Yeah, by the main event, it was like it was pouring. It was. And um, the Kingo, bless their hearts, they did a really good job. But you could tell that the Kingo was making sure that he had the right footing because, you know, professionals. Um, also, the English commentary, despite the little hiccup before where you could hear both of them, was... One million percent better. Mm -hmm. They were informed. They explained it really well. And I think if you turned away, you knew what was happening with the action. So once again, a big, big up. Yeah, big up. Even though we were not hired, but it is what it is. We were actually considered. So uh, keep that in mind. You can go, go and complain to them me that <laughs> we were not hired so let's talk about well i would have worn, worn my bigfoot shirt if, right if, if, if they were so they were. Let, let's let's talk about um the two main segments because i only have one picture because i didn't care to do the other so ray phoenix was the opening segment basically stating that because of the arm injury He was not able to compete in the match. And so they had to change a match to do a one-on-one instead of a tag, which is fine. So as he was talking, he introduced uh, Taya Valkyrie Mm -hmm. and Pentagon for Taya Valkyrie to make her official um, coming-back party. So it was Taya Valkyrie, Flamir, Marvia—it's actually not Lady Marvia—but Lady Shawnee was not in this match— it was um, Kira. Kira. Mm-hmm. Right. Kira. 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 Okay, I'm sorry. It's not I Kira's Kira. I'm Kira sorry. Like Kylie and Kaylee Ray. No, they're different. No, I was. I no, I was gonna say I have Death Note on my mind when I see that. Kira. Yeah, I'm right. No, it's Kira. Um, this match was a fucking mess. I'm gonna cure mess. you in a second. This match was a mess. It was terrible. It was. Sloppy. I had no idea what was happening half the it time. It was sloppy, poorly paced. Um, the announcing because they had the you can hear both commentators at full blast was incredibly distracting. How do go? How you go? you go? you And then it's like you can hear like four commentators with two different languages trying to talk over each other. To yeah, it was fine. Well. It was distracting for me, especially because I was making food at this point. But, yes, it was, um, it was Taya Valkyrie hitting the road to Valhalla for her to become number one contender. Duh. It was not surprising there. Yeah. It was good seeing Taya Valkyrie with this, and I kind of like—I did this. So, Taya Valkyrie was born in Canada, lives in the United States— and in Mexico, and she cut a promo in Spanish. Yeah, that's kind of how it works. I kind of like that whole North American scene right there. Might as well have the show in, um, uh, 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 like, uh, not Mexico, Central American country, and you kind of hit all parameters there. I want to try that again. Anyways, let's not try that again. Let's move on to the next match. Mexico's not a part of Central America. <sighs> Depends on who you talk to, Adam. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just talking about in general. It depends on who <laughs> you talk to. I'm not being racist. This is how it is. No, I mean Mexico could be a part of, uh, could be a part of Latin America, which is I would then say Latin America. America. They're part of Latin America. They're not part of Central America. They're different. Mm, I don't know. Anyways, let's talk about <laughs> later. <laughs> All right. So there were a couple of different changes with this. So it was still Los Ving Pairs, but Willie Mack, who actually wrestled at No Surrender, yes. um, was not here for this show. So he was replaced by Mister Says Jr., and um, they had a match, and Pina Gallery was very, very not okay with this. There were, there were a couple of spots that were a little bit weird on this. There, it was a very bad match. Um, for some reason, they wanted to My do— My shirt's so colorful. Right? They wanted, So, for some reason, like, during this segment specifically, they wanted to do a Los Vim Pairs and a Pagano thing. And it's like, Pagano wasn't on this show. Did he really need to be on the fucking pay-per-view? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Pagano sucks. I know, but the kids love him. That fuck the kids. Well, they, they get to buy the toys, so I guess whatever. Anyway, um they had this weird leg drop through a table where basically um psychosis overshot and basically sat on fucking poor Mr. Iguana, basically killing the guy, and they won with like all of them pinning him. It's like, what the fuck? What's the point? Right. It was really stupid. Um they put a tax spot out.
1: And it was, every it was so bad and
0: literally every I am not kidding you everyone was wearing a shirt it was so bad even even mrs says jr was wearing a shirt it was it was hysterical. it was really bad this was a really bad match it was sloppy it was very poorly timed um once again the commentary did not help my enjoyment of this whatsoever because they still had the problems they still had the problems. And the Vipers won. It's like hey. no one cares. I, everybody does. I care. This, so this man should have organized this. I really, New I York. really should have. I didn't know the. Um, I should have looked up the order of operations for the matches. God, you're terrible. I know I am. So this one was actually for the AAA World Six Man Tag Team Six champions. Human Tag Champions. Six Person Tag Team Champions. Or it was it was the mixed tag team championship match. It was Los Vipers again, taking on Los Mercenarios, taking on Octagon Jr. and Sexy Star Two. What a terrible um, match! This was so. Wh- so here's the thing: is that apparently there was like a rivalry between two referees. Yeah. So that was the other thing. It was um. It was the father was the and father, son. son. Of, I can't even remember who they were, but they were awful, and it was really annoying. Now, with the English commentators, they did explain it to where it would make sense. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's bad. It's unnecessary. It's super unnecessary. Um, I probably watched maybe a little bit of this because I was making dinner at this point. Mm-hmm. Um. I thought I thought it was fine. There were some good spots with it, I guess. It, it was it was okay at best. I mean, it was it was bad at worst, though. I mean, it was it's like oh lumberjack match because we have to because reasons. Right. Um, you know, it is what it is because they needed to have the AAA World um, Mixed Tag Team Championship match on the well, line somewhere. It's right. not a six-person tag. This is just a, a two-person tag. Yeah, game. it was a mix. Yeah. Did I say? Did I say six? I yeah, meant mixed. Yeah, mix. this is mixed. Yeah. So the guy. They right they had, they had a the next one was a trios match. Yes. Um, because they talked about the trios titles a ton during this yeah, match, despite did. them not being in the line at all but it was um, i don't even know who hit a thing i literally put in my notes they hit a thing for the win Pina gallery was oh i was not paying attention at the time I because it it came care. out it came out of nowhere oh, i know i hate those and then La Impresa came in and attacked everybody because fuck it why not 'Cause fuck it, it's Sam Adonis. Oh my god. I kinda liked some of the stuff that they said. We'll talk about that in the next one. We will. But or we'll talk about it in a bit, but I think overall that was kinda fine. It was a fine match. Whatever. Alright, so before you get to it, okay, so Mexico can be considered a part of Central America because when Mexico was when Mexico declared independence, they took Central America with it. Oh, okay. So Mexico can be in North America, it can be a Latin America, but also can kind of be Central America, Caribbean because of the culture. Right. And because of the history. Anyways, let's talk about the things that were said about a certain company that we mentioned earlier today. So, there so so between the tag team title match and this match they had the tribute to Arturo Ruas, mm-hmm. who was one of the original announce or one of the original commentators there. Then I thought, Carl, then, yeah, which was great. I, I, really I was, it was, it was, it was a really good tribute. And then they had then um they had Carlos Carlos Cabrera, and they, it was like twenty nine years another company. What was, what was the line? So so the line was, it's like, it'll be only a matter of time before the record to be employed there is one day. I know. It was really funny. So bad. And then we had the match. And, of course, if you know a little bit about Sam Adonis, his brother is WWE's Corey Graves. Right. And they mentioned that, oh, his older brother must be watching this from the plane because at that point in time, they were on their way back from Saudi Arabia. Right. So if... So some some I mean, really knowing, knowing that Corey Graves Corey Graves is probably watching Sam Adonis's matches because absolutely. he's his brother, but he probably did it from the plane. Some <laughs> some really some really good ton, tongue tongue yeah. and cheek. Um, I will say this is where the pay per view for me started to pick up. It was, and I, I'm surprised because normally, when it comes to matches like this, it's not really interesting to me. But I was very interested because there was a lot of history and storyline. But once again, this. I think the commentators really explained they this did. well. They they, did they, a they great got job. they got their shit together as a part of the audio. Yeah, mass striker. No, it wasn't that. It was we didn't oh, hear. The audio did. We didn't, know, we, didn't, we didn't we didn't hear the Spanish commentators. Except one of them was like this. They were just be... yeah. Here here. Right, I'll I'll be annoying by this. They were They were they were shoving it down their throat. And it was really annoying. They were, little... <laughs> You're going to hurt yourself. I'm going to hurt myself. I'm like, Jesus Christ, that. is this like a 13-year-old on Call of Duty? Like, fuck. I think overall well, no, he got better. Of the call, the call of Duty said, be fuck you, motherfucker. Right. He got—I I think overall the commentators got better as time progressed. Oh, God, yes. So this is to the point where I can enjoy it. But um, NGD and La Impresa two groups that came from CMLL attacked La Familia Real, mm-hmm. which made sense for what each team was going for right and then they did the um, they did the churn actually yeah. at a really good time. Mm-hmm. they did. And I just thought overall I'm not usually a big fan of like multi-man matches like this, but this one was pretty much at least an enjoyable match. yeah. Um, I thought structurally it was fine. I don't even know who won the match because it just it just broke down because you had Los Mercenarios come out and attack pretty much everybody, um, cementing the warfare. Yeah. Which, to be honest with you, I'm not i I'm, I'm not against because that's kind of what they're meant to be. Right. It's meant to be warfare. Right. Ha- interrupt matches. Interrupt right. matches on a big stage. Yeah. And they just kind of did a big old hog podge of whatever. Right. It's hard to really describe on what happened. But honestly, this one at least kind of cemented that brand war or that um, faction warfare yeah, thing. absolutely. Now incorporate the trios belt into this more and you'll have a situation like the never open weight six-man tag team belt uh, like circa two years ago. Right, And you'll be in a much better position. Yep but that's just kind of where we are now. Overall, this is kind of where the shit picked up. All right. So our next match was the Ray de Reyes match. I wh- was kind of, it was kind of was kind of underwhelming for me. I was expecting a little bit more. I wanted they 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 talked about eliminations. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there were no eliminations. Yeah, I was, I was very disappointed. I feel, like, I feel like because we, as non-Spanish speakers, did not— Well, number one, we didn't do the further research because I didn't care to. But, at the same time, they said the commentator— Maybe the commentator, they made a couple of mistakes, and this one was a prevalent one. Ray de Reyes. Apparently, this is not an elimination match. It should have been. Because that was my expectation. So, it was Laredo Kid... I was like like turn... Well, no, that's, uh, that's uh, Triple Mania, isn't it? Those three nights nice, so was Triple Mania. That's Triple Mania. That's right. Anyways, I was kind of confused. Laredo Kid, Bandito, Psycho Clown, Cybernetico, and the returning Heavy Metal. Who... And I think they actually kind of built up Heavy Metal, and they explained on why it was such a big uh, thing overall. Yeah for cyber or uh, for heavy metal where I'm like, okay, I can kinda see where this could be a surprise for somebody right. who watches uh triple a uh, on the reg. Right. Um but overall I thought the match it was fine. Yeah, it was all right. Uh Psycho Clowns theme song, as soon as you hear it, you can't like not be guy sitting here like ah, na, na, psycho It's like it's right there in your head where you have to literally listen to it to get it out of your head. Right. I because still like, have it in my head, unfortunately. Anyways, let's talk. Let's stop talking about that. <laughs> let's talk about other things. I mean, we were sitting there, and then all of a sudden this thing comes on, and both of us, we just started bobbing our heads to this song. <laughs> That's that draw right there. <laughs> right. Because like, as soon as I hear that, the literal only person I'll think about is Psycho Clown. Or, or the Psycho Storkist. Right. General. Just that whole little faction. Like I said, the match itself was fine. Um, Cybernetico, despite him being in the business for as long as he has been, mm-hmm. looked actually okay Yeah. in it. And the same thing with Heavy Metal. Heavy Metal was fine. There was nothing offensive about it, but I was just confused about the rules. Yeah. Um, I don't think Psycho Clown needed to win this match. I didn't need to. Um... I think—well, for me, I chose Bandido to win because he's just reestablishing himself within mm-hmm. the Mexican lore. Laredo, so, so maybe it might be too early for him? I don't know. Everybody else but Bandido did not have to win this match. Yeah, I guess. And that was my reason. Now, our mystery person was not Heavy Metal. It was Samurai Del Sol. Mm-hmm. But I guess he's hurt, so that's why he wasn't there. Anyways, let's move on to the next match. Yeah, you know, they did their whole celebration with a big sword, and they're hmm. like, "Oh, who else has a sword?" Well, Drew McIntyre does, <laughs> and that cat Moss, because they have to reattach his spine, so they used uh, Drew McIntyre's sword and did that. So anyway, well, that's interesting. <laughs> okay, this match, the tag team match, did not happen. It was Dragistico taking on Pentagon Jr. And the match itself was pretty good. It was. Um, I thought there were some really good back and forth. Yeah. I really like the rivalry itself because, like, who are the best, like, sibling right. tag team here? And I thought they actually really played on that well. Also, they really played on the fact that Pentagon Jr. is a part of this Mask versus mask right. tournament, where the finals is the only time when they do that, and they explode. Mm-hmm. Once again, the English commentators mm-hmm. were so informed about why they were doing this mask versus Match tournament that it got me excited for right. it. Right, and that's the uh, tri- those are the Triple Mania tournament, right? This is this is the mask versus mask Triple Mania tournament yeah. where they're gonna have like the legends, like. No matter what, there will be an end of an era. Mm. And it's like, that's exciting. Yeah. I now, now I understand why. Yeah. It's like, this is something that they've done for years. Yeah. And I didn't know that. Right. And this is something that, you know, for a novice to explain. And Pentagon is one of those people who honestly is kind of within that rank. And Cycle right. Clown is too. Right. But it's really cool. Anyway, uh, the match itself was good. I didn't like the ending. No. Once again, the ending was bad. The ending was bad. Um, Dragon Lee went in there and attacked Pentagon. But then for some reason, Ray Phoenix tried to get in there to help him. But the doctors and everybody forced him out Mm -hmm. without helping. Right. Pentagon right. in the ring. He was getting his mask ripped up, and they were cutting promos. But then Pentagon won. Mm-hmm. What? No idea. Anyways, let's that's some on. weird-ass mm-hmm. shit. We'll make this shit majestic again, but that's so weird. Okay, I'm not blaming anybody for this so, match. So it's El Eo Del vikingo versus Johnny Insert her surname here. Yes, yeah, so it was. Um, it was John Hennigan, obviously, because that's what he was before. Is, but is, is, is Johnny is, insert name Johnny it's now his new name is Johnny Superstar. I like it. I th- I think I think he's gonna do like a oh I was signed with WWE twice. I'm that all that in a bag of chips sort of thing. I'm okay with it. going to sell Ico Del Piquino. For the Triple A Mega Champion, they, they, they did their an best. They excellent match. They did. They did a really good match. Not a five-star match, but it was excellent. The only reason that it was not a five-star match was because of the weather. Oh, yeah. The, 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 rain, rain. the, the rain became really, really bad during I mean, this match. Tell. You can tell with the way that, um, with, uh, the way that Johnny Mundo... Whatever the fuck his name. Just to call is. him Johnny whatever you want. I Johnny Nitro, Johnny John Nitro. Morrison. So, so you can tell the way that Giant Nitro really tried to kind of like for example he scooted out a little bit so that um, vikingo could do a spots. And Vikingo, Vikingo, when he went up to the top rope, he he had to adjust but, himself because right, he was getting really slippery. And Johnny Impact really tried to <laughs> really try <tried> to. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're gonna call him all the different names, <laughs> yes, aren't you? Am. <laughs> Johnny Mundo really tried to help uh, with that spot there, and um, you know, kind of like how uh, Johnny Impact also like really struggled with slipping on the ropes and stuff. Um, it was it was a wet. It was it was it, was it was a it was really wet. bad time for everybody here, not only for Iho Del Kingo but Johnny Ultra. Like right, it's just exactly. a really hard situation here um this would have been a classic match not given the weather circumstances yeah. i mean it was it was drizzling during it but it started to rain pretty good when these two got in the rain yeah so anyways let's talk about the winner so it was it was a uh, uh, zero five four. it's tr- he can just do that yeah. so flawlessly. It was a 0 on John Morrison for Elio Del Viquillo to win. Right. Johnny, Johnny Nitro will most likely get another title match down the road. They have to. Yeah. Because this match, so much potential. If they were in such a different environment, I think him and, uh, uh, and um, what's his name? Uh, Johnny Nova. I right. think they'll actually have a really, really good match. <laughs> they will. I Guarantee you that, anyways. Uh, that's kind of the end of the show, though, isn't it? Yeah, so now, so coming up next, we'll not only make triple A, but Ray Day Reyes Majestic again, but we'll make pro wrestling majestic again. All right, um, disorganized mess because. This was, what, the, uh, the triple tag? Oh, yeah. So This, this, is, this, this was the mixed tag. Yeah, this was the one with, like, the stupid, like, referee rivalry. Who cares? Yes. Um, the problem was is that Los Vampires pairs, they did the segment right before this match, right? right? And then they went to the back, this and then two of that. them went out. It was super weird. It was weird. Also, this was not billed for the trios or for the mixed tag. No. At all. Like, at all. No. And that was really unfortunate. So I kind of wish they kind of built that a little bit more, but it is what it is. Let's talk about this one. Once again, uh, Willie Mack was replaced by Mrs. S. Jr. They did the best given the circumstances. I thought it was okay. I mean, I liked the spot with the mini. Yes, um, that was, we didn't even talk about that. Uh, Microman was yes, out Microman there. Yes, Microman was out. Yes. It was uh, so adorable. He is, he is the shortest luchador. I think his dad is shorter, isn't he? No, he's not. No, but, but he was picked up like a puppy. Yes. It was amazing. Uh, fun fact, he is um, so with Crotch Dog. Crotch Dog, from his front paws up to the top of his head... Was about what a, a foot, foot? One foot, a foot and some change. Well, one foot. He was two foot, like laid out, like splayed out. Right. Um, Microman could not. He didn't have to bend down to pet the dog. Let's put it that way. Right. Um, also, his dad is the Blue Monkey on in CMLL. Yes. Also, he was trained by. Um, his father's good friend, Ultimo Guerrero, mm-hmm. actually. Anyways, let's talk, let's, talk, let's stop talking about midgets. Other than that, this was a fun match. I kind of wish the um, promo and what happened was consistent. Mm-hmm. And the tax spot was not necessary unless it was the final spot of the match. Right. It was It was unnecessary. Then it would have been fine. Yeah. Anyways, move on to the next one. I want to I know, I do. So, um, once again, why was Lady Maravilla taken out? There was no explanation for that no. because that's what they built. Um, Taya Valkyrie was originally scheduled to be in a Re- Reina de Reyna's match at mm-hmm. this show, and then she was scheduled in this match on this show, yeah. and then they took her out of the promo of this show, wanting to do a mystery person. There's no point. There's no point. Anyways. There was no point. Um, the whole match. Was a fucking mess. It was. I would have done everything differently with this. Taya Valkyrie would have come out last. I would not have done the stupid promo with her. And I would have, once again, I would have had her win. But I feel like there was an injury. Yeah. Because, like, halfway through the match, two of them just left. Yeah, it was kind of weird. I'm like, ooh, something, I, I've, like, during the match, I'm like, something went wrong. Right. Like the entire time, <sighs> <laughs> you can tell Vina yeah. Gallery is starting to tuck her out here. Um, I wouldn't have done really anything differently with this. I thought it was structured really well. It was a well. really good match with uh, with Um in it, which is this was weird. this was this was much better. It was much better than their uh, Triple Mania Regia nonsense match. Oh yeah, I thought it was structured better. I thought it was fought better. And yeah. honestly, the problem is is that I feel like the whole L.A. Park and Rio de Jalisco Jr. whatever from uh, Triple Mania yeah. was wasted. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because it didn't happen again. It's like, okay, yeah. we have them wrestle, but who cares? Yeah, This was actually not a bad match. Yeah. I kind of – I, I, I was, wish – It was messy. It was a messy match. I wish the – It should have been explained a little bit better, I think. Yep. It wasn't explained very well. It's like, what is it? Is it an elimination? The, the, one, the one thing about WWE that's so clear, because they really, they really emphasize the global expansion of Triple mm-hmm. But when you do that, there's an expectation of what to do. And explaining rules for certain matches or certain rivalries on the screen clearly. Has to be something and making sure it's done in Spanish and in English, it doesn't matter to me, right? Um, I think that would have made this a lot better because once again, we had a conflicting thing where uh, we clearly heard elimination, Mm -hmm. but then all of a sudden, Psycho Clown could do one thing in one, like, period. It was super it weird. This doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense. Um, The right people, I think, overall were in this match. I just don't think the winner was the right call. Because Psycho Clown did not have to win this. He's an established main eventer already. You need to put somebody in this that has never either gone, won or have been in a high-profile match like this. Everybody else but Bandito was within that parameter. You must know, call a former ROA champion, but he's a current. That was player weird, player too. Player. Yeah, uh, Bandito still has the cur- well, current um, Ring of Honor world champion. Right. That title unification match is not happening until Supercard of Honor. Mm-hmm. So that was really weird, too. I didn't even think about that. They did the best of what they could do based on the circumstances. It was a good match. I like the rivalry. I like the premise. I hope they do a rematch. But for God's sake, Phoenix, stay healthy. This is like the fourth fucking injury that I am aware of since he has joined AEW. And it's getting really frustrating. Not his fault, though. Also, the, the, the ending was a mess. I would have done that, I would have done that much differently. I wouldn't have done a damn thing different with this other than maybe a different venue. But that's a totally different situation. Um, the right people, the right winner, the right title, the right placement. And also, you just know that if this was in a closed dome or if it was a nice night out. I want to see them battle it out again, man. This is going to be a triple media. It has to be. Especially given that circumstances. They pulled off a good match during bad weather. Think of what they do during a controlled environment. Right. You know that's going to be a big winner. So I wouldn't have done anything different. Anyway, Peanut Gallerio, What are we doing next week? To be determined. To be determined. We have a couple of ideas rolling around. But if you enjoy the show, remember to like, subscribe, follow, share with all your friends, become a patron. Links all are out down below. Peanut Gallery will... (laughs) You can see part of it, um, of his shirt. And as always, be majestic.